and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Happy 2020. And we're back on the other side of the Christmas bunch this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed your watching. How you doing, Kat? I'm doing pretty well. I'm really looking forward to getting back into some routine, though. You know, when you get out of the Christmas bunch and then you just want to you're just craving like getting the kids back in school, getting your work shit together and just fucking getting on with life as normal. That's where I am right now. We we packed up all our Christmas decorations today. Nice. I was done. I'm done. Like I'm out the other side. I'm heading straight into 2020. That's impressive. When do the kids go back to school? Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah. Mine go back Tuesday. Our tree is still up, but we did like... We spent, because we were at home and had no visitors, we cleaned out all the kids' toys. We cleaned out, like, the entire house. We reorganized their rooms. Like, we just had a massive clear out, bought some things that we've needed for the house for fucking ages and just have never done because Elijah's been in school. So this like been the first time to like catch up in two years. So we nailed a whole bunch of shit, but our Christmas tree is still up. So that's coming down this afternoon. As my mum from Yorkshire would say, you got your ducks in a row. Finally. Finally it feels uh, like we do. We're doing the same thing. I've got Jimmy on cleaning out the loft duty tomorrow and we did all the kitchen cupboards. Like I cleaned out the cutlery drawer. You know when you just get back and you're like Yes. I just need everything. It's because you're bringing so much shit back into the house. Right. You're like, I need. I can't just dump this stuff on chaos. I need to tidy it all up and yes. get my life back to normal. So yeah, we're uh, we're back on. Yeah, we are too. I bought a new planner. I've got it filled out. I'm... Oh, I have to ask you about your planner because I saw yes. it on Instagram and it was so good. And I was like Googling spiral bound day planner yeah. and I couldn't find it. So you have to send me the link. I'll Or I'll just send you one. It's a, it's like from... Office Depot, it's a daily, monthly planner because where I find my craziness gets all out of whack is I have everything. I mean, I've got everything electronically, but I'm a writer downer. As Me too. too. So I needed something that had like hourly because that's how I have to, I really have to start being better at time management because it's one thing I'm terrible at. So it's got like, what I love about this planner is it's got like the appointment little things down. It has top three things you want to do today. Then it's got a separate to-do list and I could like time block my day. So it's the first day I've done it. I'm super excited about it. I will send you one in the post. Babe, listen, you know how I feel about stationery. Looking at that Instagram post, it gave me fizzy knickers. <laughs> I was so, I was like straight on trying to find this planner. But if you don't mind sending me one, I'd be very grateful. No, I'll totally send you one. Consider Maybe we should done. also post a link on Facebook in case anybody else loves a yeah. good planner. Yeah, if, you're, if you are a writer downer as well, and I'm like ink and paper writer downer, because like my iPad does great for like taking notes on these shows, but... Not for like planning my day because I Me also too. like to tick it off and I like to rub it all out when I've completed something because it gives me satisfaction. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. You know, you and I. Yeah, it's like we're the same. Right. Um, there. So we've only got three shows this week: Real Housewives of Atlanta, Below Deck, woohoo, and yeah. New Jersey. And we're also the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion started this week. So that will obviously be mini-sode four for us. So if you guys are watching it now, send us your thoughts as you go, because we'd love to incorporate them into the podcast. So it's not just our opinions that you're listening to all the time. Yeah, because that's going to get boring eventually. Totally. Um, so let's start with Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, yes. And I guess the best place to start this week, obviously they head off to Toronto for Carnival, but I think let's start small and let's start with Portia and Eva because you did some polls about this, right, Reagan? I did. And sorry for all of you, like all the polls went up last night because I, I did a binge of watching all the shows yesterday um, and I do them as I watch them. So there we go. So... First question was, is Eva being shady? 88% of you said yes. 12% of you said no. And Kat actually brought up something because she was like, I actually don't think she's being shady. And maybe I should have quantified my question because I don't think inherently when she said the first thing, I don't think her talking about Portia was being shady. I think her lying about talking about Portia is shady. A hundred percent. I agree. And I think when she lies about it, 
that's shady. But actually, when she hears something, what is it? They're trying dresses on or something, aren't they? And when yeah. Candy tells her this thing that Portia said or done, which honestly, I can't even remember what it is. No. Um, but it kind of winds her up and she just reacts. She's like, she needs to mind her own business. That for me is not being shady. And all right, no. she gets a little personal and it's C-sections, but this is just how these girls roll, right? This is just her re- responding. But I agree 100% with Reagan. As soon as she lies about it, yeah. then she's being shady. Well, it's a shitty thing to do to Candy, too. Like, you're really going to, like, look Candy in the face and be like, you're lying? Like, she's not lying. You know she's not lying. Like, that's... That's not yeah, a cool and move. Candy gets that twice in the same yeah. sitting because then Kenya comes in with her, well, I was just having premonitions. Candy's like, oh, uh, my God. fuck you, bitch. I told you on the way to, while you were on the way there that she was going to get proposed to. It's yeah. not a premonition. It's a fucking text message. Fucking yeah. Um, she needs to stop with the premonitions. If she had good premonitions, she wouldn't be married to Mark. She wouldn't be in the situation that she's in now if she truly had premonitions. Yeah. Amen, sister. I cannot stand when people are called out and they fucking lie and then try to throw somebody else under the bus for it. Like, just own up to it. Because actually, you're absolutely right. Like, Eva 100% was justified in having a reaction to what she was told. That's not shady. Those are emotions. We all have them especially when you're pregnant and you can say whatever the fuck you want because they're your feelings, but you have to own up to that. You can't then lie and say, Oh no, I didn't say that. Somebody else was lying about that. I think that's bullshit. And also it's like, here's the thing. I I just, it blows my mind that they lie about it because it's been filmed. We all have video. There's literally millions of us that can say, "Uh yeah, you did say it. You (laughs) said it. Like, don't the producers just sit there watching this go, hang on a minute. Do, do you know what? Just hang on a minute. Let's just show her the fucking tape. Right. You said it. I would love, I think, to be a producer on one of these shows. I think it would be fascinating. I think it would be really fucking hard work, though, as well. I mean, imagine dealing with all of those egos. Yeah. Did you ever watch that show, Unreal? Sorry, this total sidebar. Yes, and I fucking loved it. I did too. I, I was really hoping for another season, but I don't think we're going to get one. No, I think they cut the last one short and then dropped it or whatever. But like her job, like the main character that goes insane. Yeah. I mean, I 100% know why. I would be a massive alcoholic if I was a producer on one of these shows. I probably should would also not be married and not have kids because I think it would just totally dominate your life. Yeah, but, be a um, nightmare. But it could be entertaining as well. Like maybe a, a week-long production internship would be fun. <laughs> well, maybe when our podcast is like, listen to millions and millions of people around the world, we can call up Andy, Uncle Andy, and say, hey, you do you know what, babe? Can we just do maybe just a week? Just, you yes. know, for shits and giggles, just to see what it's like. So which franchise would you want to be on if you had a week? Mm. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, New Jersey maybe or New York or I LA. Think, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. I think I'd want to be on New York like four years ago. I don't. I don't know how I feel about how New York's going to be this year. OC is. I mean, you are guaranteed to see some crazy shit on the OC. Plus, being in California would not be terrible. No, I mean that's yeah. I mean, I kind of Beverly Hills would suit me too. Ooh. But I think New Jersey would be great. Yeah. No, but then, but they film that over, well, I guess they do Easter. It's still cold there then. I mean, Anyways, I can deal with the cold just to factors. see Danielle Staub lose her shit. <laughs> Although I did just watch like 30 seconds of her porn movie. And let me tell you, I will do, that. there's really nothing that I won't do for this podcast, but I couldn't watch any more than 30 seconds. I'm sorry. Anyway, we'll come <sighs> back to that later. We will. The sounds alone will haunt my dreams forever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so essentially getting back to what we were talking, what we're here for Atlanta, um, Portia and Eva, I think, and also, you know what, Portia brings it up like an adult. I mean, doing it in front of everybody is what it is, but she brings up, they have a chat about it. I think they're going to move on. Like, I think it's fine. But you know what? I kind of think if she hadn't done it in front of people, then Eva would not have been called out for lying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it was just a conversation between her and Eva, that gives Eva kind of the chance to be like, no, like Candy totally made that up. I never said that or whatever. Keeps her accountable, right? Right. So I don't know. Um, And then obviously we have Kenya who gets, Cynthia kind of um, challenges her on the whole 
I'm going to piss on your proposal chips, Gate. I love um, that Michael yeah, has given her the balls to say something to Kenya because his feelings are really hurt. And I think that's the only reason Cynthia spoke up because if it was just her, she would have just sat there and been quiet. But like, because it was Mike, she manned up. Well, I think, you know, she's, she, I think she's a little bit nervous around Kenya and I don't think yeah. that she wants to go head to head with her, but I really appreciate that she did. I don't think she's going to challenge Kenya on it. I think she's going to let Kenya's, Kenya's lie, lie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but I, but we all know Candy. Candy's going to come to Cynthia and say, listen, like That's this bullshit. is actually what happened. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have to see how Cynthia deals with that. But I do think she's a little nervous to go head to head with Kenya unless there's a really damn good reason. And maybe Mike Hill being pissed off is reason enough. Well, I mean, look how long it took her to stand up to Nini too. I mean, this thing with Nini has been brewing for many, many years and Cynthia never has stood up to Nini and she finally is. And now it's causing, you know, this transcontinental divide going on with, you know, her and her. But um, I'm, I'm proud of her for saying something. There's an inside part of me that wishes she would really push her and be like, why are you lying about this? Like, it really hurt me. It hurt, you know, my soon-to-be husband. That really wasn't fucking cool. I mean, to be fair, at this point, Candy hasn't spoken up really. Like, Candy sort of sat there a little bit quietly, but I think she's going to go to Cynthia privately, and I think this will come back to haunt Kenya. I don't think she's going to really get away with it, but I don't know how far Cynthia's going to really push it. Absolutely. Um, we we did a poll about whether or not Kenya has the best intentions when it comes to Cynthia, and 81% of people said no, and yeah. 19% said of course, because... I don't think yeah. Kenya has good intentions to anybody except Kenya. No, I agree. Like, I think that's the bottom line when it comes to Kenya. She's a textbook narcissist, and, yeah, you know, I mean... And she's also she's, having a shit time at the moment, so I'm sure that doesn't make her any more pleasant to deal no, with. No, she's lashing out emotionally, for sure. Yeah. Um, but of course we're in Toronto because we're here for carnival. Yeah. And I'll have to say, I know we kind of talked a couple weeks ago about Real Housewives of Atlanta not needing like the friend roles because these are such strong personalities, but I really like Tanya in like her doing her thing right now. Like, I think she's doing a great job being a hostess. I've learned loads about Carnival in Toronto. Um, and I think she's playing it right. Like giving everybody the same room. I don't understand how this has never been figured out before on the housewife trip journey. Every housewife's trip, there's always like a race. Through. I mean, it's like watching toddlers race for like the biggest box under the Christmas yeah. tree. It's embarrassing. But yeah. But here's the thing with Tanya. I totally get it. And I think you're right. Just give everybody the same room and it just cuts out all the drama. But it cuts out all the drama. (laughs) And there's part of me that wants there to be like one suite and six shit rooms. Because then that's fun, watching them like claw for it. But in terms of Tanya herself, like she's super sweet. And and I totally imagine being friends with her. I don't know how exciting she is like interesting she is yeah I mean I think we may see more because I mean all is not well with this trip like obviously she has invited Nini and Nini's been blocking everybody's calls and not returning anybody's calls because you know she's playing just the tip in Atlanta Um, (laughs) (laughs) just the glossy tip yeah, so I think things will get a little bit exciting. But Tana does also have the penthouse. The other girls don't have the penthouse. So it is a bit like there's one amazing room and a bunch of other shit rooms, but all the yeah. rooms look amazing. I think they do. She's done it does look lovely. And I've been to Toronto job. and it's an amazing city. Like it is truly, truly beautiful. So I'm yeah, sure they'll have do. a great time. I'm excited to see them at Carnival. But obviously, like you say, uh, Tanya did invite Nini. And before we get to like Nini's like I guess awkward entrance covers it but it like I'm not sure it covers it enough um we go to the note the note that Cynthia that brought a tear to Cynthia's eye it really warmed her heart melted the melted the 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 animosity she felt toward Nini she really thought that this was you know the first step an olive branch if you will in the right direction to them rekindling their special friendship Yes, their uh, their girl gang supportive circle of women the that the show always has been the sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. turns out uh, it was just a fucking PR stunt, and she sent it to a blog. I mean, are any of us yeah. surprised? 
Um, 7% of our followers (laughs) feel that there is no way that Nini leaked the letter. 93% everybody says, fuck yes, she did it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that 7%, I'm I'm either going to say that you've just got really big thumbs and you just like slipped onto the, onto the wrong button by accident or that. Or it's Nini. Or, or it's Nini. It's 7% of Nini just pushing (laughs) that button over and over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just so much wrong with that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe she'll make it up to where somebody hacked her l- brain and just knew uh-huh. what she wrote in the card and yeah. leaked that to a blogger. I mean, frankly, that's more likely than it just being a sincere letter. Oh, do you know 100%. what I mean? Yeah, like that's that's Nini, and I, I, there's just nothing that she does that isn't no. calculated, thought about you know, divisive in some way. So I feel for Cynthia, but also it's a little bit of me that's like, Cynthia, just yeah. fucking, just sort this shit out because she, she says something like, she goes, well, now it feels like it's not sincere anymore. Yeah, yeah it's think. Not. Yeah, it's oh, not. Ca- and just catch up, Nana. Yeah. 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 Move on. No, I love 100%. you, Cynthia, but take the blinkers off. Move the fuck on. Yeah. Um... We get a little bit of chat about Kenya asking about the girls, not the date night. Um, I think it's yeah. nothing that we haven't already no. said before. We, we did a poll about it because obviously Candy and Cynthia are like, Mark's not cool. And 88% um, of our people agree with that fact, of our people, I know of our. People. I like that. Like, like it's like we're the king and king and queen yes, and queen of our, our kingdom of our people, our, our reality TV land people. and people. Twelve <laughs> percent um, <laughs> do not agree with Candy and Cynthia, but eighty-eight percent do. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no getting such away an awkward from that. date. I'm, I've st- I feel like I'm still recovering from that awkward trouble date. But um, yeah, and then at the end of the episode, Nini arrives, Tanya meets her, she brings her out, and they're crickets. Crickets. It's like, it's tumbleweed. It's awkward as fuck. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens next week. No, me neither. It looks super interesting, especially since it was teased a little bit um, with Dennis being there. So I think we will have a lot to say about that surprise guest. Um, So, shall we... Depart and land in Thailand. Yes, please. Wouldn't that be nice? It's fucking freezing here, by the way. I could do with some of this 94 degrees heat. You know what? I think you guys are actually colder than we are today. I looked on my, yeah, my little thing and I was really like, today was really cold. Yeah. I'm, oh I'm over God. winter, even though I still have like three more months of snow. Oh, I can't even. sooner yep. you move back to London, the better. Yeah, um, straight. So, below deck. I think it, it's hard to think about anything. It's hard to talk about anything else, really, apart from Ashton and, uh, and, and well, just Ashton, Kate. really. And yeah. Kate. But, but Ashton and Riley and Ashton and Captain Lee and, yeah. and all of these things that he's doing. Um, I think he's really showing himself up this season to be a really, uh, really unpleasant character in a lot of ways. I totally agree with you. And I'm really disappointed because for me, he started out like that first episode, he started out like really positive and he really just wanted to bring people together. And I was excited. I was like, okay, we're going to see like a mature grown up. And then at every turn, he has proven me wrong. Yeah. I mean, and you're really rooting for him at some point, like right at the beginning yeah. of the season, I was really rooting for him. I was excited that he was boson after nearly dying last season. Right. You know, I really wanted to see him excel, come out of his shell, really find his place. And yet what appears to have happened is this kind of, this position as boson appears to have given him this kind of arrogance that has really allowed him to let out this unpleasant side of him. It's that- almost wine. Steinian. It is it is almost Weinsteinian. Is that like <laughs> that's a brand new word and you heard it here first and it's Weinsteinian behavior and it's yes. gross and yeah. it is this I've got this power and therefore I can do what I like and it's obviously on a much lower level than yes. uh, the Weinsteinian thing but <laughs> it's still not right and no. 
and there's very little that I can do, but I did put up a picture on Instagram today. Don't dive shock. I actually did some Instagramming. Yeah. I was impressed. Uh-huh. I liked I know. that. Did you fall off your chair? And then uh, like, I did almost. Uh-huh. I bet you did. Um, <laughs> so I did put up a picture talking about Team Ashton or Team Riley, because obviously there's been a little bit of, a, I'm interested to see where that falls. And yeah. actually we had quite a lot of comments right off the bat, but there are people that do think that Ashton is is okay. And in fact, one person, I'm not going to name the name, <clears throat> yeah, but you can read it. She's like, well, you know, he has a few personal issues, but don't we all? On the other hand, he is very professional on the job, not to mention I love his accent, and he's so damn cute. And I just, I think, A, he's not professional on the job, and no. B, this is why these men get away with this bullshit, because... People go, oh, he's just so cute and hot, and it's fine, and it's not fine. Yeah, no, it's not at all. Not at all. <sighs> um, I really like, I mean, the majority of people are Team Riley, and there have a couple of been like, I'm solid Team Kate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't the question, but fine. Knock yourself Absolutely. out. Um, because I, th- I think she made a really good point. I'm going to call her out by name, Chloe Elizabeth 84, because she said, solid Team Kate. Ashton hasn't come off well at all this season. And Riley doesn't seem to be able to self-reflect, which I think Kate kind of pointed out earlier. We talked about that last week. Um, And then a lot of people did the hashtag bring back Ben. So, you know, these comments are all over the place. But um, I agree. I mean, I don't necessarily think all of the issue with Riley is her inability to self-reflect. I think she has been beaten down by bullshit on these boats. And I don't think it was just this season. It was definitely the last season she was on as well. Um, And I find it interesting because I get the sense that she does not get this kind of reaction on an Alaskan fishing boat, which I would think she would be the only woman. It would be a very male-dominated field. And she quite often mentioned at least the last season that she was, she's never been treated this way on a boat. Yeah. Um, Cause she's a captain as well. Like this is not a girl that, you know, takes this job lightly or doesn't really know what to do. But, um, I don't I, know. I agree with you. I think she's just so beaten down on this boat. And I think her, she does have a temper and her reactions, you know, don't always support her valid arguments. I think sometimes right. they undermine them, but essentially I think that she just feels at a loss because really no matter what she does, Ash- yeah. Ashton has a position of power that means that she's she's always going to struggle. But um, And I think let's talk about the fishing trip. And, and I think this is the slyest, actually, that I have seen Ashton because you can't yeah. blame this on booze. This really upset me. And I'd be really interested to know what the listeners think as well. But um, But we talked about this and we both agreed it looks like he's being really supportive and saying, this is your chance to shine. Like, here's the fishing trip. You take the lead. But actually, I think he's totally setting her up to fail. And I think he's doing that thing where he's like, oh, no, it's your responsibility. You tell me. What are we doing? Which is so mean because it's such a passion for her. And she was so excited when he gave it to her. Like, it was almost like, oh, I can see a light. Like, maybe we're moving on. He's giving me this, you know this thing to do. I'm really excited about it. It's my wheelhouse, blah, blah, blah. And then just like, he just rips the carpet out from under her and then talks shit about her to the captain. Yeah, totally throws her under the bus. And I think next week we're going to see that really play out in full. But I think he knew full well that they couldn't fish there. And I think he waited until they'd got the lines in before going, "Uh aha, yeah, you didn't check that, did you? And that's bullshit. That's not leading. That's not being professional. That's making a childish point and embarrassing somebody. And also being willing to take a hit on your fucking tip to make some sort of obnoxious stand. Yeah. It just pissed me off. Yeah, it's not cool. Definitely not cool. Um, um, and you know what? Captain Lee agrees. Do you want to hear what he had yes. to say about the fishing trip on his blog? See, I did research and everything. Research. The podcast taking a whole new turn. It's almost professional. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain, uh, Captain Lee says, as far as the fishing trip, Riley did what she was supposed to do with absolutely no help from you. You weren't part of the team. You just sat back and hoped that Riley would fail so you could toss her under the bus and say, see, I told you she wouldn't work out. 
Well, let's just see how that works out for you. I am sorely disappointed in you and your behavior so far. Oh, Captain, Captain Lee. Lee sees through this shit. Of course he does. I mean, he's he's not he is not a 27-year-old captain. Like this is not the first time I'm sure he's dealt with this type of behavior, but he's also a good man. Yeah. And I'm glad that it pisses him off and we ta- we talked about this a couple episodes in a row like that we feel he would be appalled if he had known what was actually going on and I think now that he's watching it he is. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't know if you want me to play it, but there was some videos. Oh, yes. Do, should we play it? Yeah, so let's play it. Below Deck, uh, Bravo TV are doing like these, this season, it seems to be new. They're doing these like um, follow-up interviews post every episode where the crew talks about um, what they think's going on. And this one is Ashton specifically talking about um, the shit that he's got himself into with all sorts of things. Now, it's pretty uncomfortable listening and I'm just going to hold up my iPad to uh, my microphone. So Jimmy's going to love this. He's going to so love th- this. This is going to trigger all your misogyny feelings. So uh-huh. if that's too much, skip yeah. over this bit. Um, uh, skip over the next good. few minutes. But what I will say is, th- just to set this up into context, he's initially yeah. talking about Courtney's been doing some tweeting in response to him being called misogynistic and all the rest of it. So I'm just going to play it now. Let me make sure... This is like the first time we've done this. It's very exciting. I know. Oh, fuck. I've messed it up already. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, I'll go through the polls that we did. So, um, yeah. We did a poll about is Ashton trying to get rid of Riley, and 97% say yes and 3% say no. Um, so, I think we all kind of know where this is headed. What I also don't like is the fact that. He- like at the beginning of this episode, Ashton's pretending he has no memory of what happened with Kate in the car. And so we did a poll about that. And 86% of you agree with me that hell no, he totally has a memory of what he did. He's just playing it off. 14% say, yeah, he doesn't remember what he's done. But in my opinion, it's not an excuse anyways. No, it's absolutely not an excuse. I don't remember because I was so drunk. It's not a valid defense. No, from like trying to force make out with a girl and then scare the fuck out of her by punching a window. Like, And also this constant so chat about she spoke about my family. It's like too much. It's like she asked how your fucking mother was. I know. That's like all she, she fucking said. She, I mean, maybe it was edited. I don't know. But as far as we saw, she yeah. said, how's your mom, Ashton? And he and went. Not even in like in a middle school way of like your mom. Like there was no your mom <laughs> jokes going on. Like it was like a legit. Oh well, how's your mom? Yeah, it and was. He lost it was the plot. He lost the plot, and he is mental. Anyway, I think I've got it queued up. Oh, okay, no, but we'll see. Yeah, let's go for it. The problem also is that I've got these ridiculous Chloe Kardashian nails on. <laughs> so when I try and hit the teeny tiny play button, what I actually get is was something else. Anyway, let's see. Not aimed directly at us but just kind of in support of what people were saying about the topic. Um, so where people were calling me misogynistic and saying that I was fair. being yeah. inappropriate in my behavior towards other crew. Also where fair I was, ways. Um, what was it? Sexually harassing my crew mm-hmm. and uh, the things that I had said. You know, myself and Kevin in the cabin where, where I said, you know, I'm tired of working so hard to get my dick sucked, which, you know, it- obviously didn't look good on me. And I can completely see how Courtney would have watched what she did and get offended from it. That's bigger, um, man. I can understand a lot of the viewers' opinions about that. I really do. But, you know, the locker room talk between guys should never, ever get out to girls because um, as, okay, as my much as I'm, to boil a bit now. Uh, I feel yeah. bad for what was heard of what I said, um, I must be honest, and I think every guy out there should be honest with themselves that they've all probably been in similar situations where it's just been guy talk and they've had a few drinks and... We don't. We're just very blunt and open and honest about our feelings. And I'm sure. So as long as the misogyny is behind closed doors, doors. yeah, I was just real and raw in that scenario. You know, I think people out there need to be more real about themselves. And uh, just because I said something, um, you know, it doesn't make me less of a person because you think it and you just don't say it. No, no, it does. Um, You know, I'm I'm one of those people that I'd rather be very straight up and honest with you and tell you the truth, no matter how much it hurts you or how much of a prick you think I might be. Um, but in the same breath, I'm real and I'm, I'm representative uh, of what people really are. 
And I'm not oh, ashamed well, of that's it. Depressing. We're all human beings. We all get sexually frustrated. We all have this um, the side of Even us. Even Kevin's I mean. kind of rolling if his eyes at that bit. you're ashamed of that and you took such, you know, big offence to what I said, yeah, you know, maybe you're a little bit insecure within yourself and you just denying... Okay, just we've got enough of you yeah. talking your bullshit. Oh, so it's no. our problem. Uh-huh. It's all how we've taken it. And I'm going to be really frank. That comment that he said at the beginning of the season is probably the least offended I've been by him. I'm actually way more offended by his consistent shitty treatment of females in the workplace. Yeah. I mean, not to mention Riley and his just consistent yeah. nastiness, but the violence, the blackout drunkness, the... And it is sexual harassment. And just because you didn't yes. rape her doesn't make it okay. Like this, I no. think this is what some guys think. Well, right. I didn't rape her or I didn't bruise her or I didn't make her bleed. So like, it, it's not sexual harassment. If a guy walks up to me and just kisses me, that's not okay. No, especially if he then punches a car window and makes you fear for your safety. Like, yeah. it's not okay behavior. And if he thinks that's how everybody behaves, then um, he may need more serious help than I think he does. I mean, I take his point that, like, a lot of people think bad shit. We all do. Yeah. But most of us don't fucking open our mouths or act on it or say it in a recorded situation. Like, you know there are cameras everywhere. You got called out. But this is how you think all the time. Maybe either try changing the way you think or just shut the fuck up and don't say it. But also, let's let's stop blaming locker rooms and right. booze. Like, let's take start taking some responsibility for our own actions. Because the more I hear, well, I was just really pissed or it was smashed in or I was blackout drunk. Yeah. Here's the thing. Just don't get really drunk. If, if, make, if drinking it makes right. you into a sexual harasser, just don't drink it. Right, because it's, it's a problem. And it's escalating. Like, it, you know, they were like minor ones, and we've seen it slowly build up just over this season. Like, if this continues, maybe you will rape somebody. I mean, I mean, you know. Maybe you will. Mean but to, like, do you know what I mean? Like, what, leap, but, yeah. At what point do you stop? Because I see you getting progressively worse. Right. But also, you know, I, I used to get pissed on white wine. It didn't work <laughs> out very well for me. No. Sitting naked on the toilet and screaming at my husband saying, wipe my ass," which, by the way, he filmed. Love that you shared. Always. Which, by the way, filmed and then showed to me the next morning was more than enough for yeah. me to go, do you know what? I'm not going to get pissed on white wine anymore. I'm no. going to be able, I'm going to have a, a cold glass of white wine with a salad at lunch in the summer. Right. But that's as far as my relationship with white wine goes because it turns me into... A An fucking asshole. lady beast. And it's, <laughs> and it's not okay. So I made the decision not right. to get hammered on white wine. Ashton, I feel like you can look at this excessive evidence, filmed yeah. evidence, and make a smart decision. It's not okay for you to behave like that. Well, and ultimately, like, take a deeper look. Like, but do you think that's okay, the way you think and act about women? Like, that's the real issue here. It's not the fact that, you know, you said this or whatever. It's your inherent belief system on how men and women should be interacting, and that needs looking at. Because I'm going to tell you, as a mother of two boys, we work really hard, even though they are seven and four, so that they do not have those thoughts and beliefs towards women about putting their hands on people or anything like that. We're a big consent house, even at this age, because this is where it starts. Like, I don't want my kids to grow up and be Ashton. I would be fucking mortified and I would feel that I failed as a mother if that's yeah. how my kids turned out. And also, you know what? Like, to give, not to give him credit, but like, as part of contextualizing the argument, it is an unconscious bias. Like, and I get yeah. that. I genuinely believe he thinks he respects women. And yeah. I, and, and I, don't doubt that that's what he believes. But it is this unconscious bias that a lot of men in our generation and older generations have. And it really needs, it takes a really strong man and right. a really brave and secure man to question that shit and go, hang on a minute, maybe I'm not actually getting this right. Maybe there's right. something that I can look at and change. I don't know if Ashton's got it in him to do it. If he can watch the last two episodes and still say that shit that he's saying right. on the interview, 
I just think there's no hope. Like, I think no. that's the guy he is, and that's what he, he's like doubling down on this fucking misogyny. Right. No, I totally agree with you. And I mean, I think if, if he can watch this season and stick by to the fact that he felt he handled himself correctly all the time and was very respectful to the women on board, then you're right. Like, I, I don't even see how that's possible. So do you want to hear what Captain Lee had to say about his drunken behavior? Absolutely. So he says, I have no idea who or what you think you are doing. This storyline with you getting blackout drunk and misbehaving is getting really old. Over $1,000 damage caused by your behavior at the beach club and then make unwanted sexual advances on a superior. Yeah, I said that. Check your epaulets. Then you try to physically attack her and then you don't even remember any of it. I don't know, but I really sense a problem here. You stated that you were going to be the bigger person and apologize, but I didn't get the sense that you thought you really should have. But the offended party, Kate, came to the wheelhouse, took the heat, and not once did she attempt to throw you under the bus, even though you thoroughly deserved it. No, she covered for your ass. Then you have the gall to say, when you were younger, you had a temper. Newsflash, Ashton, you still have a temper, especially when you get blackout drunk. Yeah, and I mean, I think this should fall under Captain Lee's, like, don't embarrass yourself, don't embarrass the boat rule. Um, I think it's incredibly embarrassing to the boat and probably, you know, obviously to Captain Lee as well. Like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, going back to the episode, I was kind of blown away that nobody was, like, taking up for Kate after she left like they all acted like she was just insane and then there was like these crazy retelling of like that she was talking shit about his mom in the van and like none of that shit happened and it it really irritated me I was like why is this all being turned around on her she's actually not the one that did anything wrong no I agree and I wonder if it's just another example of this misogyny by the time Kate leaves there's only Riley Courtney and Simone on the bus. Some, Courtney and Simone and Riley weren't even in the bus that Kate no, was in, weren't. so they don't yeah. know. And no. by this point, they've got Ashton, who we know is a dominant alpha misogynist. We've got Tanner, who is just a prick, pretends and Kevin, who will to... just yeah pretends not to remember kissing Kate. But we've yeah. also got Kevin, who just loves to jump on any fucking like testosterone fueled bandwagon yeah. to make himself feel better about his closet homosexualism. Sorry, did I just say that? That just came out. <laughs> Didn't mean to. <laughs> Um, allegedly. Um, so, so I don't know how much of a chance people had to stick up for them because the girls weren't there to see it. Right. Um, but I agree with Captain Lee. I think that Kate did handle it professionally. And I do think that Captain Lee gives her not what I would call preferential treatment, but they've been working together for five years and she has earned over time, right. his respect. Well, um, and she deserves it. Like, she yeah. works her ass off for him. She does have, you know, pull on the boat. She does have hierarchy. And for other people to spout off about hierarchy and then blatantly disregard kind of her level on the ship is bullshit. Like, do I think she should have left the boat in the middle of Thailand without letting anybody know where she was at? No. Like, I... Completely agree with Captain Lee. She should have left him a note, sent him a text, and just been like, I'm safe. I'm here at this hotel. I'm not coming back until the morning, but I but I will be back. Like, Because I think there's, like he said, there's a parental concern there, and he was really worried about her because it's not, you know, the best idea to just go bumbling around at 4 a.m. on your own in the middle of, a, you know, a different country. But I do think, I believe her when she was like, that's the only thing I could have done. I had yeah. to leave. Like, yeah. I totally respect her decision on that. Just next time, drop Captain Lee a line. And then, of course, they have their apology. Ashton again goes into this <sighs> with such, like, oh, it's just, it's mind-blowing how arrogant and and disillusioned this guy is. But he goes into it and he's like, I'm a child of a broken home. Hey, newsflash, idiot. Yeah, sign Literally up. Me too. fucking heaps of people are... Yeah. Child's a broken home. They don't turn out to be dickwads like you. No. Um, and he's like, I'm not expecting an apology from her. No. Because well, she I, doesn't actually owe you one. Yeah. and then She, she actually she, did nothing wrong. And she handles that really professionally. She just takes yeah. it and moves on. But I did love her line where she said, there's no amount of money someone can pay me to be disrespected by psychopaths and children. And funnily enough, Ashton's both. So, yes. you know, I think... She's going to forgive. Well, she's not going to forgive, but she's going to move past. But this, yeah. she's never going to forget this. 
God, no. And and she shouldn't because that would make her foolish and she's not a fool. Um, on a lighter note. Oh, yes. Can we talk about the uh, cousin of the primary uh, yes, on this boat? Jamie, who uh-huh. refuses to share a room with a fellow guest and makes that guest sleep on the couch. I, who does this? It, Jamie does this. I genuinely was blown away by this woman's entitlement. Like, in a, yes, it was funny. Like, it was yeah, funny. Totally. But that woman that was on in the Sky Lounge, I swear to God, she is the sweetest girl I have ever met. She's like, listen, it's, it, it's fine, but I don't really have any privacy. I don't have a bathroom. Captain Lee's like, this is not fine. <laughs> this is not okay. This is not okay. Have my room, he I said. know. He's such a gentle, salty dog. He's such a gentle, <laughs> salty dog. Such a gentle pirate. He's so salty. He is. He's, he's amazing. Well, he's the start of the sea. But yeah. he's just got manners. And there's no way yeah. he's going to watch any guest, let alone a female guest, sleep no. on a couch in the fucking Sky Lounge. Um, and the fact that Jamie insists upon that is so... I mean, can you ever imagine having the balls to be so fucking selfish and entitled no. in public? On a fucking super yacht that you didn't pay for because you're not the primary. You are a guest of somebody else's. If they want you to sleep in a bed with another guest that you know... You sleep in the back. fucking bed with another guest. Sleep butt to butt. It'll all be fine. Put a pillow down it's the middle. a couple of days. We're not asking you to live this way for the rest of your life. Like, how dare you? And I'm kind of surprised the primary is get involved and be like... No, you're either sharing the room or you can go sleep on the couch if you are so against sharing a bed with somebody else. Um, yeah, it's it's bullshit. And she quickly makes... And, and it's not like the other guests don't get it. I mean, even if we don't get the primary's reaction, we do get the guest from... Is yeah. it Justine, the chef? Is that her name? Oh, everybody hates her. All everybody the hates hate her. her. Um, she doesn't even get up for fishing in the morning. I mean, the whole thing no. just makes me want to... Oh, it's just the most despicable. It's the kind of behavior that I hate... It's entitled bullshit behavior. It's entitled bullshit behavior. She's awful. Um, But yeah, I mean, to be able to turn up onto a CPO and behave like that just absolutely blows my mind. Um, Just quickly, because we we are talking a lot, but just quickly about uh, Kevin really fucking fucking up on this yeah like i get it like but the dairy it's to the very clear dairy. they don't eat cheese you put cheese in every pizza i mean it's just i don't mind if people make mistakes but he just can never own it it's written you know there in black and white this is the thing it's sloppy it's sloppy. And this is my problem it's fine if you make a mistake it's not fine if you're sloppy at your fucking job like all of these things are written out for you fucking read Make a plan, execute your plan. Like that's you, your job as a chef. He's that's you took. The, he's got one job. Yeah. Like the stews, clean, make the beds, tidy the thing, serve the drinks, do the dinner. Like they have a million jobs. The deckhands do too. Yeah. All he has to do is read a sheet and cook the fucking food. Right. That's it. The sheet that he gets beforehand, so he can order provisions for and make a plan. What the fuck? But it's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. So fuck you, Kevin. Bring back Chef Ben. Absolutely. Hashtag bring back Ben. Brilliant. So shall we uh, shimmy over to New Jersey? Yes. Can we wear head-to-toe Versace while doing it? Uh, No, because you look like a prick. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get these polls out of the way before we start this chat. Is that okay? Yeah, All right. I love a Reagan poll. Be- rapidly becoming the favorite part of the podcast for me. Excellent. All right, the first poll was, is Marty being a good friend to Margaret? And 88% said no, 12% said yes, because Marty essentially throws Margaret under the bus when chatting with Danielle and Teresa about what went down. We'll, talk, we'll yeah. get into these in a moment. Yeah. Next one. Do you think Margaret is to blame for Danielle's divorce? 94% said no, 6% said yes. Melissa and Joe, should they have another baby? 79% said no, 21% said yes. Interesting. Danielle and head to toe Versace, 
Versace, <laughs> sorry. I don't know where that accent came from. Um, 97% said tacky, 3% said classy. And then the truce between Teresa and Jackie, will it last? 94% said no, 3% said yes. The stickers we'll get into when we get to the chat. But um, that's a breakdown of the Real Housewives of New Jersey polls. Um, I really don't like Marty. You really dislike way. or like him? Dislike him. Yeah, at first I was like, I just don't get him. Like, I just don't get, I don't understand how a woman can accuse you of beating her children and beating yeah. her. And then you will go back to her hoping for like some bits that she's going to throw you in return. Let's remember for the house. She's also been engaged wants- to somebody else while still living in that house. Like I just, I don't understand him. And I, I don't, I mean, I obviously don't understand the relationship with Danielle. That's a whole nother story, but I just don't understand like why, like why are you trying to mix it up with like lying to people? Like you did say something to Margaret. Now you're saying something different to Teresa and Danielle. Like dude, Fuck off. And eight, you're not a part of the show. You're not also, a friend. Also, don't get involved. Don't get like, involved. Like, don't, don't start spreading rumors and saying that Margaret's do- tittle-tattling right. about what Margaret's doing to, of all people, Teresa and Danielle, because this yeah. is just throwing fuel on a fire that you don't have a dog in Control the fight over. of. That's like the worst. And yeah. He doesn't have a dog in this fight, really. Like, this no. is between the women. And Margaret, I think genuinely, yes, she could probably keep her mouth shut a little bit more. Right. But I do think she's genuinely trying to look after Marty because everybody can see yeah. what a psychopath Danielle is. Yes. And we all know she's there for the house. Like, of course she's there for the house. Like, here's the thing. She said that she's she was put, there for the house. She's put in the press that he abused her and her children. So either she lied about that. Right. Because otherwise, why would you be living in a house with him, which is despicable? Or she's chosen to live in a house with a man who abused her and her kids. Well, and she just doesn't even make just any put sense. it. She didn't just put it in the press. It was in the divorce paper. So it is in a legal yes. document with the court that she said he abused her children. Yeah. It's, so either it's she's fucked. accepting that she's living with the man that did that, or she lied about it, in which case yeah. that is despicable. So I just don't understand why Teresa... I mean, I know Teresa's not the sharpest tool in the box, but I don't understand why she can't see, like, one plus one equals two. Like, Danielle is lying about everything. Yeah, she's a fucking mess. And like, I don't get it. One of our stickers, so we did a sticker. um, The little question sticker. Okay, why are these two friends? And there's a picture of Danielle and um, Teresa. Argy Bargy 01 says, both crazy as a box of frogs. Caliber 21 said, I wish I could. There's nothing positive coming from this relationship. Kate Custer said, ratings. Um... NY Hail 13 said they put each other on the map and established the tone of New Jersey housewives as thug. I wrote D is something on T. It blows my motherfucking mind. Um, cookies one, two, four, six, five, five say both are shady. Um, and said, uh, him. I'm sorry. I totally butchered your last name, but, um, you said camera time and there's no other reason. And I think that's true to a point, but like Danielle does not have to be on the show. So this is, I think you're right. And we've talked about this before. I, I got to think that Danielle has something on Teresa because the only thing that Teresa cares more about is her own reputation and, and maybe that of her family. So I genuinely think Danielle must have something on her to keep her this loyal. She's never been this loyal to anybody in her life. No, and it must be something dark because yeah. like she is going to extreme lengths to, I mean, let's just jump to like the shopping trip because I think we just have to talk about all this in one go. Danielle shows up to the shopping trip. Mar- Margaret and all the other ladies come in. They're all chatting, having a great time, being friends, but they all fucking hate Danielle. They've all been very open about they don't With like good Danielle. reason. Absolutely. So they're they're talking shit about her, making fun of her or whatever. Danielle then goes, cries to Teresa about it. And Teresa marches over there like a fucking 1920s school marm to like stop this conversation. And she's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? But it felt a bit like Danielle was playing puppet master there. It was oh, like she was challenging Teresa and it was oh, like, I'm so what are you going to do about this? 
Well, what, if this is your event, she was sad about it. Like, bitch, yeah. you don't like these other girls, anyways. What? No, the she. Fuck? Who cares? Well, I think that this whole thing that she has on Teresa, that Lord knows what it is. I think that's why she's even on the show in the first place. Right. Like, honestly, she's a friend, and she's taking up so much airtime. I think th- whatever it is is huge, but but it feels like you could see Danielle openly manipulating yeah. this whole situation. Right in front of a TV camera, like, what are you going to do about this, Teresa? Absolutely. And Teresa just does her bidding, and that's weird. That's Teresa. Like, it's weird. It's like a super toxic child relationship, right? Like, on the playground. Like, if you're going to be my friend, you cannot be friends with them. Like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to choose? Like, it's just like, Jesus Christ, ladies. Like, we're over 40 here. I agree. And then- fuck up. Obviously, the, Teresa confronting causes yeah. this whole clusterfuck hoo-ha between the women. And, like, it ends with Margaret pouring water over Danielle's head, which, frankly, is obviously not cool, but probably but better than punching her in the face, which is what she probably deserved. Right. Um and then there were some tweets by Margaret, actually, on this thing. And she said it was that. like a full... 14 or 15 minutes between me pouring the water on her head and Danielle just pulling my hair. And obviously we only gave her whiplash. Yeah. And we only saw like the tiniest bit of it. Obviously we're going to get it in full next week, but that's physical assault pouring, like pouring water, pouring a drink in somebody's face. Isn't great. Let me just make that clear. It is what it is. It's not great, but actually physically assaulting somebody is and damaging whole, property. And damaging property, but also laughing about it. The cackle, she's like, I yeah. like she knew what she was gonna do. You could hear her going, I just can't help myself. Like, and then yeah. just yanking it through. It wasn't it wasn't impetuous, it wasn't of no. the moment, it wasn't in a fight, it was thought out, it was deliberate. She yeah. made that plan that she was gonna assault Margaret and she did it. And it's fucking dark. It's super dark. Like, I remember how upset she was when, like, Teresa went over and apologized for calling her a prostitution whore in, like, the first season in front of her daughters and, like, apologized to her daughters and things like that. How the fuck does she think her daughters are going to react watching this shit? Like, could you imagine your mom acting that way in a store? Uh, no, I mean, and let me tell you, like, fuck me, my mom's, I love it to bits, but she's done some crazy shit. <laughs> but that is a whole new level. And, like, banging around those $600 candles, too. The hand-painted ones from Italy. Like, what I the mean, fuck? $675. And yeah. It, yeah. It's just crazy. We did a sticker about the fight. And um, Argy Bargy 01 called it a bitch fest. A bitch fest. Caliber 21 says Danielle is completely insane. Margaret has been 100% in the right, even pouring the water. Um, Jay Hunter-Smith says deep-rooted problems. I said Margaret was such a good friend of her. And... Danielle's a massive asshole. Like, what? one thing I did like about that whole fight is how every, other than Teresa, all the other girls, like, totally backed up Margaret and, like, stood in between her. And, like, that loyalty, that friendship loyalty was really there. Like, even Dolores, which Dolores has had issues with girls in the group as well. But, like, this was not right. And I really appreciated that sisterhood coming together against Danielle because Danielle is psychotic. And I I mean, again, I think this is why it's so, Teresa's reaction is so weird. It's so glaringly obvious what's happening and what Danielle is doing. Every single woman in that room and watching it can see it. Um, But Teresa is just living in this sort of weird twilight zone where Danielle can do no wrong and she's the victim and she's the one being bullied. We'll just have to wait and see how this plays out, but I just think the longer this goes on, the weirder it is. Absolutely. It's it's totally bizarre. Let's just have a little sidebar for the fact that the boys watched Danielle's porn movie. Oh, uh, my gosh. At the which, poker night. At the poker night, which I did mention at the beginning. I, I in the name of research, thought, well, I'll just, you know, because the, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the review was her puss has claws and teeth. That was the review of the poor. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. Like, I want to see this. Anyway, I lasted 30 seconds and there was piercings in there. I just couldn't. It was too much. And Oh, my. As I said at the beginning, there's a lot that I will do for this podcast, but not 
not that. But if you're interested, you can search Danielle Staub on Pornhub because that's yeah. where we found it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it is, Pornhub. Um, where all the best free porn lives. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, Danielle's crazy, uh, but we're probably going to call this episode Her Puss Has Teeth and Claws because that's Absolutely. just too you fucking can't beat good. It. The other thing that we definitely really need to touch on before we... Uh, shut down a little bit is obviously the phone call while that well Gia's prom dress shopping prom expedition dress shopping. yeah um and the phone call that they received from joe while they're there i know that you did some polls or some sticker questions on this yeah we did a sticker question about how everybody felt about joe's uh phone call and caliber 21 said gia was the only adult involved which i 100 percent agree 100 percent agree uh kate custer said uh don't have an immature fight while your daughter is in on the conversation uh-huh um i said what a dick uh jay concise Smith said jerk huh I was saying that's concise to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think he's a dick. Like I understand being in a horrific place and your mind may be like just spinning out of control, but just the bullshit that he brings up, um, is just crazy. However, I did find it interesting cause I never knew that they had a prenup. And so obviously this comes out in the phone call. And then I found it very interesting that then Teresa pointed out, but it has a cheating clause in it. So if he cheats on me, the prenup is null and void. And you and I were talking right before the podcast. And part of me wonders if that's why she's now not to, like, not protecting him about the cheating rumors anymore. Like she's like just letting it, you know, yeah, I think I think inevitably that's what's going to happen. There's no way this is going to survive. I mean, we're, no. I think they're going to do a special when they go to visit him in Italy because obviously eventually we all know he does right. abandon ICE and go to Italy. Um, and I think we're going to see that. Bravo have filmed that and they're going to air it. So we'll definitely do a special on that. Um, is it a special just, or is it just going to be part of the season? I feel like it's we'll a special, see. but okay. we can see. Um, but what still blows my mind is... This guy, like, of everything, surely now there's, even now, he can find, like, an ounce of humility. But no, it's still on this phone call. It's still this kind of insecure masculinity. He's like, it pisses him off that she brings up the fact that she's the one bringing in the bacon and raising four right. kids. Like, he can't say, great job, babe. Like, you fucking Sorry nailed it because I screwed everything right. up. Yeah, I mean, he landed them into this world of shit. And he needs to take ownership from that rather than kicking her about her buying a fucking prom dress. And also, it's like, just let her buy her fucking daughter a prom dress. If it costs $5,000, then it costs fucking $5,000. It costs what it costs. I mean, you know, obviously it's all relative. I'm not going to go out. No. Uh, My wedding dress was only 100 quid. Um, But it was amazing. I got it off a mannequin in the store. It was there for display purposes only, but I wanted it anyway. It's fine. So I, di- <laughs> I digress. But he just can't even let Gia... And Gia really defends him. She really gives her mum a lot of shit. And I think both of them actually don't behave great. I think right. the person who responded saying, don't have this conversation in front of Gia, hits the nail on the head. Right. But there's a real element of Gia romanticizing her dad totally. a little bit. And also maybe not wanting to kick him while he's down. Yeah. Um, he's also been I, gone for ages. Like you yeah. forget. I mean, she was you in do. junior high when he went away. But I do feel a little bit for Teresa in this because it's hard yeah. being the parent that's at home. It's hard being the one holding all this shit together. It's hard being the one that has to be Mr. Good Guy and Mr. Bad Guy. Right. Um, while everybody feels sorry for Joe, who's, you know, sweating it out in ice. And I know that it's fucking miserable there. But let's but all actually, remember why he's fucking there. He did the he did the thing. He's guilty. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no question. Like he fucked up, and he yeah. wasn't a citizen. And this is the shit that happens. Like right. it's shit. But he's not taking ownership, and nobody no. else is forcing him to. And I do feel that Teresa is the only one going. Am I fucking crazy fuck? here? Like right. what the fuck? <laughs> And it's yeah. not often that I want to give Teresa a high five, but there is, I am, for all her faults, she yeah. fucking made that shit work when the chips were down. And I will always have respect for her on that. Hell yeah, and the chips weren't just down. I mean, they were like buried in cow shit. Like, 
<laughs> you know, her mom died, her dad's sick, her husband fucked up. I think one of his, like her husband's father died as well. I mean, like they have had major shit going on and yeah. these girls are loved and looked after and cared for in every fucking way. And I think it would kill him to fucking admit that. I and agree. That why, that's why he's a dick. Yeah. Um, and apparently time in prison doesn't give him any time to really reflect. So <laughs> it, it is what busy. it is. He's, He's way too busy pumping iron, losing schedule. weight, losing all that weight. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that kind of brings us to the end here. It does. It does. Um, we are adding two shows next week. So very Cavalieri starts this Sunday on E if you're in the U S um, I think probably on Hey You in the Yet, UK. I watch it on prime. Or Prime, Amazon Prime. Yep, there you go. Um, And then on Thursday, Vanderpump Rules returns, which Kat so affectionately in a text to me called Vanderpimp Rules, which I think is a far better title for the show. (laughs) Also, just to be clear, I've never really watched, I've watched maybe a couple of episodes of Vanderpump Rules. So I'm going to, rather than literally kill myself watching the back. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm coming in cold. So I'm going to need all the fucking help you can give me. So send me on Instagram or wherever you can find us. All your favorite tidbits, advice, top tips about Vanderpump Rules, and I'll try and do some cramming before. But otherwise, I'm just going to come in cold and we'll see how that works. Yeah, no, that that works out well. So those are the two shows that we'll be adding next week. And um, we will also be watching the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion and coming out with Minisode 4. So again, send us your thoughts, ideas, complaints, corrections, you know, say hi. Criticisms, anything. Whatever you um, feel like sending. Just don't in, be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick about it. In the meantime, we hope that you have a truly wonderful week, the first week of 2020, and we will see you this time next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.